Hello, I'm your host, Tanisha Naidu, and welcome to the Cityscape Intelligence Podcast. I recently sat down with Hamza Batrui, Managing Director at Land Sterling, and his colleague, Vinod Mahadevan, who heads up Land Sterling's Strategic Consulting and Valuation Advisory, to discuss a few of the property trends headlining the GCC region. From Saudi Arabia's Giga Project plans, Expo's impact on the UAE's property sector, and what the FIFA World Cup in Qatar will mean for investors, we deep dive into some of the region's trending real estate topics. I started off the interview by asking Hamza what's in store for the UAE this year, especially post-Expo. This is what he had to say. Yes, it's been very interesting for us in the year 2021 and also the start of year 2022. We've been monitoring the trends very, very closely, and not just for the UAE, also for regionally. This data for us is being collected and utilized in our valuations and our market research and so on. Of course, it goes without to say that we are seeing a serious increase in activity. I would say with the concentration more on, on the residential. Other sectors which are also encouraging this or acting as a catalyst for the real estate, including the technology, which obviously we're not later we'll talk about and so on. 2021 for us, you know, we've seen, I think, an increase almost to about 119 billion dirhams worth of transactions that have taken place. And we don't see is that. This is across stopping. the MENA region? Uh, this is not. This is purely, Just purely, this is a purely as Dubai. Yes, of course. Abu Dhabi towards the end of the year started to pick up with Aldar uh, releasing uh, quite a few uh, interesting projects. Aldar is also jumping on the bandwagon for the villa sales. So those took off quite well. And that just continued into 2022. And um, we're seeing local buyers here? We are. For, we are for these elder we're, seeing, we're seeing local buyers, but also the pricing point at which some of these assets are entering the market are very affordable. What we are seeing, uh, me and Vienna, we were discussing actually just two days ago, is that serious support from the banks about deposit level and uh, you know even on the first payment and, and interest-free mortgages for seven to ten years this is not something we've seen before mm-hmm. and this is the likes of Ima, Damak and Aldar all, all coming together and uh, making very very attractive packages for purchases so buyers have felt were outpriced from the markets now actually can come in and with as minimum as 50,000 dirham deposits they're able to enter the, uh, the property ladder Sure, of course, the talk of the term for the last six months is uh, Dubai Expo 2020. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a lot of uh, dust around the market was uh, happening because of the uh, even getting organized. Approximately 7 million footfalls has been already attracted for this event. If you look at the performance of any other uh, global economy, let it be emerging or established after the pandemic, I think it does not witness the level of transaction recorded by uh, Dubai or UAE, before that say. So, of course, uh, great uh, thanks to the government initiatives here. You know, it wasn't easy for them to conduct such event uh, during such instability and with a lot of travel restrictions. And it definitely built confidence about the ability of government to uh, come over uh, this kind of uh, unexpected, uncertain instances. So that gave a lot of confidence to investors outside where money started coming into the country by way of institutional investments, which definitely supported real estate uh, players. So this is more from the business side of it. But at the same time, there's a lot of confidence built within the buyers, let it be investors or end users who has been, you know, either buying assets for their own use, stay purposes, or even people who do underwrite assets uh, for bulk, hold it for some time and then sell it. So... 
Of course, the Vilas and Tano segment has done really well. Yeah. Uh, there has been, in last six to eight months, we have witnessed uh, an increase of roughly about 17 to 25% in some of these uh, micro markets for completed units. And, you know, the market has been little uh, silent over uh, new supplies before the expo started. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in last six months, there has been enough launches. And, you know, a couple of days back, um, you know, it was called the Dubai's best day for real estate because the recently launched the Lagoon project and then approximately 400 units was absorbed in the same day. Right. And I don't think so any other uh, real estate markets are witnessing these kind of absorptions at the price that we are talking about. So the good thing is there was a supply overhang which has been absorbed. So it gives a way to developers to launch new projects because, you know, there is no point in launching new projects if you have already vacancy left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this supply overhang uh, getting absorbed has given confidence for developers to even pick their products at the right price. There is no more fear in the market about uncertainty. That's the best sign moving forward. So... Trends to look out for this year, of course, residential market in some of these micro markets has been doing well. Now, there are other things which could be considered a supply chain of real estate, which is uh, cloud kitchen, DLT platforms, blockchain. All these things will also boost up the uh, economy of this place in the short term, medium term, few, you know, medium term. Keeping all these things in mind, we are pretty much comfortable to say that another three to five years down the line, we don't expect any shocks uh, in real estate market. Maybe the prices may taper, but at the same time, we are expecting enough absorption to happen because a lot of initiatives, which probably we will cover during other uh, topics. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's interesting because there's definitely an uptick, as you say, in residential here. What about other asset classes that have been doing well that you predict would do well this year? Retail is yet to take a shape purely because of e-commerce dominating the you know purchase segment. But when it comes to industrial and logistics, of course, they have done really well. You know, you could see a lot of uh, demand uh, for industrial through the e-commerce segment. Of course, the minerals and general manufacturing right. setup also. Now we have seen institutional investments like GII, Gulf Islamic Investments, investing in a lot of grade A warehouse spaces. And then people also look to come up with their advanced technology warehouse spaces where it will be very useful for a player like Amazon or Anoon to, you know, speed up their delivery process from the time of uh, ordering the goods. Apart from uh, industrial, hospitality, of course, has done very well. You know, we could see a good amount of spike in the room rates per night with a very healthy occupancy rates. You know, I think... With the expo coming to an end, we are expecting, of course, the prices to uh, you know uh, fall down a bit. At the same time, occupancy will not fall down to a greater extent because the amount of uh, noise created in the market about expo has led to some of the MOUs. So we are expecting the business crowd to travel, ah. and apparently, with all this COVID thing coming almost to a you know conclusion or a closure. And the, the tourism department of Dubai has also been promoting things in a in a way that it will start attracting a lot of crowds. Meaning we are seeing that it's just not the business crowd, it's about the tourist segment also coming into play. So hospitality will also, you know, do well. And of course, we are seeing some very interesting supply in that segment. So, of course, being here, we are excited to uh, watch those uh, growth in the hospitality segment. A lot of new operators are coming in. So, eventually, when you attract new uh, operators into the market, they have a global share for them to add more demand to the tourism in this region. I mean, that's really interesting that you're talking about Expo. I mean, 
there have been a few critics that said that yes, Expo is just confined to this window, the sort of the few months that it's in. But it's good to hear that there is growth post Expo. The MOUs, the tourism, just what Expo has in fact done for the image or fuel that image for the UAE. So that's fairly positive that Expo's sort of success. It's not just confined to the small window. The way I perceive things is, in fact, I've been working around different countries. So people do have this, you know, global invest army. They call elsewhere as global invest army, but Expo is a new definition of global invest army, allowing them to showcase uh, what is good about each of these countries in one platform, in one location. Mm -hmm. So it is just not to attract business to this part of the world, but it clearly exposes the advantages and the niche benefits of having a relationship on a specific industrial target mm -hmm. between countries. So this will not only boost the demand here, but this will give a different opinion or perception about having an industrial relationship between countries. And since it has happened here, I think we are uh, Prima Facie, the first guy to take advantage of this whole event. So this six months is an activity, mm -hmm. right? But if you look at the success of the event can be easily qualified, even though we are talking about SEPA agreement, it's an industrial relationship between India and uh, UAE. That's an output of, you know, Expo. Mm -hmm. Now, people can keep talking about what they can do, but putting foot on the ground and clearly showcasing the ability to do certain things, Expo is the best evidence for that from UAE's perspective. If I have to talk about the industrial majors, they're like USA, India, where uh, most of the global uh, industries are operating as given of our commitment in terms of having their presence here. Implementing corporate tax from, uh, you know, mid of 2023 is a very good move by the UAE government because now the whole sequence is like this. Earlier, you need a local partner to do business in UAE. Now, the government has come up very clearly to to convey to the open public that you don't need a local partner. Mm -hmm. We are happy to provide you infrastructure. This gives a clear message to the whole, uh, you know, beneficiary of uh, any industry that we are hungry for growth and we are expecting you guys to come and set up operations in the, with the best practices. Mm -hmm. Now for the government to provide infrastructure for the, the investments, of course, they have to levy a corporate tax. Right. And, and that's very clear. You see a lot of countries showing interest. And this corporate tax is not a big deal because 9% corporate tax is again very competitive because if you look at any other neighboring countries, yes. they don't provide 9% corporate tax. But the level of infrastructure that you get for a 9% is absolutely brilliant yeah, here. That's pretty good. Because there is no compromise in infrastructure. It's clearly proven. So that way, we are expecting a lot of industries to come and operate here. We can see a lot of affordable housing tenders being populated. So oh, you can that, see that interest already. Yeah, which means uh, there is a possible. clear interest to our colored workers. Of course, there is a designated corridor in which the development will happen, where you could see a very moderate housing rent, industrial labor camp accommodation provided by the companies, by the government. So it's going to it's going to bring in a new whole ecosystem to make the country indigenous. Mm -hmm. That's a very good sign on a long term perspective. That is incredibly good. Well, we spoke a lot about the UAE. What's happening with the rest of the uh, GCC region? What trends are we witnessing? What, what are we noticing? When you look at the GCC as a whole, of course, we can't ignore the, uh, uh, our neighbours, which is Saudi Arabia. And uh, they're making, they've been making quite a lot of noise in the last five years. Or massive so. noise. Massive noise, yes. So uh, they're introducing you know, the freehold law as well. So for foreigners to, uh, you know, to be able to own properties, 
Um, we're seeing a lot of changes in the, the, you know, uh, the way they do business, uh, the ease of doing business, and also making it more affordable for our companies even to shift staff around the GCC as well and you know expand their businesses there. I'm seeing that you know Mohammed bin Salman is uh, definitely a visionary man, and uh, you know he's definitely a force to reckon with. Certainly, uh, <laughs> he's is very active, and you know he's using countries' money very well to uh, you know to attract investment. I don't think they are just looking at uh, you know UAE or Dubai as a competition. They're trying to compete even with bigger countries uh, around them, uh, and you know what they they are building that infrastructure to do so. I would say probably one of the first few things that they will uh, they will tackle is, is tourism, and uh, definitely uh, you know industrial. Uh, they've already got a grip of the residential markets. Uh, you know, beautiful projects. You know, coming online. They've been doing that from from the last five years, where where they have introduced some sort of a land tax. We're pushing, uh, you know, pushing owners to to actually develop their land, otherwise they'll be taxed. So they already have the real estate thing going, and the banks are fully supportive of that. I see, I see a lot of potential for Saudi Arabia. If you speak to some of the businesses that are operating out of the UAE. I would say at least 30 to 40% of the revenue is somewhat attached to Saudi or any regional countries because now the business has become a lot easier to do cross-border, yeah. um, especially when you have similar setups. Um, yes, UAE led the way with the corporation tax and that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's going to join a group of 88 countries that actually have corporation tax. The next expensive country in, 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 in tax would be, would be Ireland at 12%. So UAE now is considered yes. So UAE is considered to be the cheapest, and now eyes will be on the UAE to 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 move businesses here and obviously to funnel mm-hmm. some of uh, or take advantage of the uh, you know tax incentives that other companies around the world will be able to push through. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, it's not necessarily a negative thing. Corporation tax on the country, I think the UAE as a whole is entering a different platform for and it wants to compete internationally for businesses. So I believe Saudi Arabia is to follow for sure in the but next year. In the, yeah, it'll be it'll be coming. It'll be it'll be coming. I just hope they're not aggressive with it like they've done with the VAT, where right. they pushed it from five percent to fifteen percent. I, I feel that was a bit of a sudden jump. Uh, I think you, you need to allow people to you know um, get used to it before you make that mm-hmm. that jump. But any, anyway, they they retracted some of it on uh, things like I think like cars and real estate mm-hmm. and so on. So, but yeah, they definitely. You know, visionary leaders, uh, I have no doubt. Every mm. week I look and Saudi Arabia is yeah. introducing a brand new project. Con- they are, they are, show. they are, yeah, they, they are, they are in the market looking for proper master planners, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously, uh, these guys are not, are not creating districts or anything, they're creating cities. Yeah. It needs to come with its own airport, its own, uh, and so on. Because if you look at uh, Neo, Mm-hmm. At the moment, it still needs a full airport to be developed. I mean, uh, you know, it's a mega city. Yeah. So uh, these things need to uh, pop up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not have a city ready, and then you're going to develop the airport a bit, a bit late. Because I think there's a two-hour drive, I believe, from the closest airport somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a bit yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit tiring. So, uh, but yeah, it's all coming up at the same time. Um, I, I I do believe that uh, they have uh, some of the best people working on these projects. They are not shy of investing and paying consultants, whether like us or even tier one type right, consultants, yeah. proper money to, to, to get that, uh, which is which is a big change for Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Before they were using local uh, companies to do that, but now 
they're going for companies like Foster and Partners and so on. So international. Who are so oh, many. Absolutely. These guys don't have offices in Saudi Arabia, so they're also getting to know now, you know, more about the Middle East. Uh, followed by Qatar. Qatar yeah. is uh, going to continue to be on the radar for the next, I would say, next one year at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real estate market is maybe witnessing a bit of a slowdown. It's not as active as I would say the other countries, but definitely. Um, I see their hospitality sector is about to take off mm-hmm. because of the uh, the World Cup towards close to the end of the year. So Qatar is uh, also a very interesting country to watch. They're also trying to keep up also with their industrial activities and so on. I'm not talking about the, the population here uh, of GCC, but you can say the governments are lucky because the, the oil prices have jumped from $80 to yeah. you know to $120. So I'm sure I'm sure governments will have surplus cash. Mm-hmm. To, 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 to invest better. But yes, uh, for, for the, uh, for the average Joe, unfortunately, life has become a bit expensive for us. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly has. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we are, we are, uh, we are struggling when you, yeah. when you used to fill up your tank with 200 dirhams and hours 400. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, that's interesting about uh, about Qatar as well. Just, of course, FIFA, all eyes are on Qatar in the region. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would do what Expo has done to Dubai, where really fuel it into the internet, like throw it into the international community's eyes, where investors are looking at it post FIFA World Cup? I do believe that. That will definitely uh, depend on the leadership there. Uh, they should take advantage of. Uh, um, you know, it should give uh, investors some initiatives to not just come and spend money on the World Cup and so on, actually remain and open businesses there. And Qatar does have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. They have everything going for them. A young country, a young leader, you know, very ambitious, a lot of money. So they have a, and, and a fantastic infrastructure mm-hmm. now, now, you know, um, similar to what the Expo has benefited from, the metro and so on, and, and the road network. Uh, Qatar has done it on a bigger scale and has done it at country level because of different stadiums. I'm not, I'm not sure if they have seven or nine stadiums. Yeah, Qatar, I can't yeah. remember. And they are, they scatter them everywhere. And that's, that's the reason to, for them to develop the whole country and the same infrastructure. So yeah, they have new metro and, uh, you know, uh, high end motorways and, and so on. So there's no reason why they cannot attract investments. And they're still only charging 5% uh, VAT. Yeah. not yet gone into the corporate. You know, Corporation tax and so on. So, yeah, it will it will be definitely interesting. The thing that this country should not ignore is definitely technology, which is Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is now screaming about startups, VC funds, ADGM, innovation hubs, incubators, all these terminologies that you can you can hear. So, are they leading that front? On they the they side? are they are they are. Abu Dhabi has investing heavily, not just investing, it's even giving grants and. Uh, there's oh, loans wow. and there's grants, yeah. Of I'm course, talking about these startups. They're supporting startups, yeah. They, they, they're very serious about moving away from, uh, you know, dependency on oil. Right. Uh, but, but they want to be at the forefront when it comes to technology. They've definitely seen something and, you know, they, they're really pushing. So they are attracting the likes of Amazon and Microsoft and so on to have their uh, data centers here. So I think Amazon recently expanded from their Bahrain, you know, to, to, to yeah. the UAE. Yes, so it's more to Dubai, I think. So that is taking place. So yes, but other technology, I'm, I'm seeing very impressive initiatives coming out of Abu Dhabi and they're really pumping serious amount of money to that. They're supporting a lot of innovators and, 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 and so on. So you seem like these yeah, young yeah, entrepreneurial yes, exactly. guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, going to drone technology, going to prop tech, 
We're investing heavily in fintech as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're going to see interesting things coming out of uh, Abu Dhabi when it comes to technology. Of course, that would be reflected uh, regionally. In the market as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, you raise a few interesting points around the asset classes that are pretty yeah. much rocketing here in the yeah. region from Abu Dhabi to Qatar. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the international investors, like what are they looking for when they're looking at this region? What predictions do you have for them this year where they look at certain asset classes within certain regions and say, yes, this is why I'm going to invest within this country? Apparently, the vehicle through which you can bring in investment varies. It can be through institutional funds. It can be through targeted real estate funds. Mm-hmm. And it can be an investment from a high net of the individual by, as, as an individual investment itself. So the maximum attraction in terms of asset class will happen through the residential segment. And we are looking at investors, international investors, buying villas in bulk, like 8 units, 10 units, 15 units for investment. And the, residential will still be one of the key residential things Residential will be the key. It's just not about the investment, but the whole residential uh, market is healthy purely because Dubai has time and again proved its uh, sustainability factor when it comes to uncertainty. There are a lot of people who are trying to set up operations in uh, Dubai and wanting to have a house here for themselves. So the end-use community is also now, the end-use segment is also now picking up from an absorption standpoint. Mm -hmm. So that way, residential would continue to be on the top to attract investments. And uh, we see a lot of investments happening from Asian countries like India, China, etc. And apparently, there's a lot of investment happening from uh, African uh, countries. Mm-hmm. Of course, Russia used to be there, but now with this uh, kind of uh, little bit of turbulence, what yeah. is happening around, you know, that part of the world is little uh, quiet. But in the other way, there were few investments which were going into uh, the countries which are now facing the turbulence may get rooted through this market purely because of, uh, again, the, the, you know, stability aspect of this uh, location. So there are other asset class, like, of course, uh, there is a good demand for uh, grade A warehouses. People are now consolidating their warehouses, warehousing spaces. So by way of consolidating warehousing spaces, they get an opportunity to be a part of the, you know, uh, newer grade A facilities which is uh, more technology-oriented. Is that because of the rise of e-commerce? Precisely. Okay. Majority of the demand is being addressed by e-commerce. Mm-hmm. However, when I say consolidation from an operational cost perspective, earlier the market wasn't that mature. Mm-hmm. So there were, uh, you know, warehouses provided by the local landlords and expressed but now there are typical warehouse developers who are coming and giving enough supply. Mm-hmm. And it makes a proper industrial and logistic hub for people to be there, which makes uh, their operations easier and uh, economical as well. So consolidation of warehousing spaces, irrespective of whether it is e-commerce or uh, any other, uh, you know, occupying segment is happening in the market. There is a lot of demand for co-working spaces now. People are talking about uh, providing co-working spaces rather than providing an individual office space. That is taking a good shape because, again, there is no persistent demand for a typical office space unless or until the companies are like us because now there are many startups there. They are, they are uh, motivating startups. There are many foreign companies which are trying to uh, test their waters here in UAE. Even though there is a wherewithal for them to invest on capital, uh, they may not want to for obvious reasons until they see how the business is performing here. So co-working spaces has got a good level of demand uh, these days. More so than during the pandemic. Yeah, true, true. 
and uh, you know gone of those days where we still want to work from home because it is you know it's 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 a mixed opinion people still say that they have been effective but honestly you know for a, for a typical office based or an IT operations you know working from home would eventually uh, disturb the attention to detail and people are now getting back to offices if you look at big uh, markets for IT space like india you know even they have declared there's no more work from home and you know actually work from home would have saved a lot of cost to, to the uh, companies but still uh, you know unless or until there is an impact on the quality of delivery they may not have invested in real estate with now earlier it used to be 50 to 75 square feet per person on an average now it is 100 still the companies are investing in real estate but they want their uh, employees to come and work from office oh wow yeah. yeah yeah so this has given an incremental demand for the office space so everything what we thought that you know people are working from home so the real estate demand could shrink it's proving it to be the other way around now there is more demand even if there is no more business because of the space requirements there is more demand for uh, real estate space You're listening to the Cityscape Intelligence Podcast and I'm chatting to Lance Sterling's Hamza Batrui and Vinod Mahadevan on the region's biggest property trends. Now, in the second part of this interview, Hamza and Vinod tell me how technology and the rise of data centers in the region is revolutionizing the real estate landscape. We then turn our attention towards Lance Sterling's plans for 2022. Last time we spoke as well, you guys mentioned just data centers mm. and just the performance of it, and just something that we should continue watching out for. It's very obvious, you know, with what's happening in Abu Dhabi as in regards to technology, mm-hmm. and, and what we're noticing is happening worldwide as well. Um, UAE is preparing itself, of course, to uh, to to invite these you know major technology companies. I think yesterday, Facebook, or, or now they're known as Meta. Or, Have a new name. Yeah, they, they just they just celebrated the opening of their new office here. You know, it's their Middle Eastern headquarters. So for sure, that you know, when they come to this side of the world, they'll be bringing their own partners as well. Mm-hmm. They will come along as well. So so the the infrastructure is already there. We have Atisalat claiming to be one of the fastest telecommunication company in the world when it comes to data and internet. So it's already providing that kind of leeway or infrastructure for for these companies. data centers yes we are seeing pop up everywhere mm-hmm. i see there's going to be a huge demand we have noticed uh, us you know maybe not being about the real estate a lot we've seen a lot of buildings getting taken up by uh, chinese uh, these days uh, so they're moving their it boys to this side of the world as well and they seem to be doing a lot of activities whether it's developing applications um Trying maybe to hopefully jump soon on the uh, the casino thing that's going to open up once it came out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they want to be ready for that. So uh, there's a lot of activities that are happening here. So I think I think that all that requires computer power, and you can't just do it from your normal laptop. So they need <laughs> they need data centers for those. Um, so yeah, definitely something to watch out for. Um, uh, it used to be expensive to set up back in the days, but now you know they have. completely different models for setting up data centers now you can actually you know take up space in a, in a data center or they can even rent you what you call a, into like a racking system mm-hmm. where you can bring your own servers and, and put them there uh, they're very really highly secured one of the reasons why people choose to uh, 
uh, you know, what to put data centers because A, is security and of course, uh, utilities as well as cost. So it, it's not the coldest country, but definitely you know, it's, not, it's not the most ideal for data centers when it comes to cooling. Because data centers are generally in your yes, cooler places. usually in the cooler right? places, yes, but it is the most secure. Is that why it's number one security? Absolutely, absolutely. The only other requirement that you need if it's not a cooler country is water. But yeah. as long as there is a, a source yeah. of pumping water into the data centers, uh, yeah, it, it will probably increase a little bit of utility or energy consumption. But uh, the whole purpose of having a data center in a place like this is clearly the security aspect of it. I think initially some of the uh, Southeast Asian countries scored uh, to have a location uh, advantage of having a disaster recovery center. Mm -hmm. But again, the whole concept of disaster recovery center is not to have uh, them populated in one place. And to have access to information if there are some you know issues with their key core operational location. That way, it is new here, but it's scoring really well. There is in-house demand, and people are also looking at to set their disaster recovery centers in this part of the world. Okay, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, the last time we spoke as well, you mentioned that yes, data centers would be good, but another thing on investors' radars would be green technology and would be sustainability and ESG. Does this factor into their We've started getting, yeah, we're, uh, of course, now we are establishing that in, in the way we do work, actually, you know, one of the jobs that we do, of course, which is real estate valuation, is that we do keep in mind now when we are preparing our reports, whether the building is adopting green technology, whether it's it's an uh, energy efficient building, um, um, you know, whether it's environmentally friendly. So, so all these things now, of course, we're, we're keeping an eye on them. Um, sustainability has not taken off so much as it has in the uh, in the European countries and of course the US, but the policies now are being uh, applied here. Uh, I'm sure you're seeing it at the top level slowly coming of, into of course, what you're doing. Of course, they started recently, of course, now enforcing uh, recycling for the retail sector. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can tell that by the garbage chutes at the bottom of your building, actually, they have separated the bins now. Yeah. So, so they're starting to, I noticed that it's very late. But, but you know what? At least it's happening now. So uh, I'd like to see that hold out throughout the Middle East. Um, Sharjah was leading the way also on the sustainability. The Abu Dhabi developed their own lead system, which is a prep system, mm -hmm. I think they call it. Uh, a Sidama system. Yeah. A Sidama system. So, so we are seeing definitely you know, a, lot of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of positive change in that. And uh, uh, the, I think the government is doing its best to, to reduce carbon footprint. Okay, for, that's for, good. For properties, yeah. I mean, we talked about a lot of positives, a lot of yes. positives, which is great. I mean, I must say it's quite optimistic to look at the market after two years of, sure. you know, just feeling a little bit of pessimism or cautious, with some sort of cautiousness. But what challenges do you predict in the market for this year and that you, ways in which we can overcome it? I think it's uh, quite evident that uh, why we are talking these positive things, you can see that in the reflection in terms of prices, in terms of having, uh, you know, interest from various part of the, mm -hmm. you know, globe in terms of investments, uh, in terms of the overall absorption in terms of space, you know, compared to any other even established real estate markets. Now, challenges, of course, keep coming as there are like unforeseen challenges, but the current war, I'm not sure about how do I quantify the challenges in terms of impact into the real estate market, but it can slow down some of the investments. Of course, uh, we've been attracting a lot of investments from Russia now because of these kind of turbulences. I don't know 
it can be the other way around that uh, whatever uh, investments has been done in Laos could also probably come to this part of the world, but there could be a slowdown. Of course, yeah. And there's been a lot of inflation in the, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index has gone up. So people now are uh, really wary about their spends. So that may probably put a little bit of stop on uh, thinking about investments because usually real estate investments are large. So it's more like a wait and watch. Of course, you know, uh, just because, uh, you know, your regular uh, expenses has increased by a certain percentage, it doesn't mean that it doesn't allow you to invest in real estate because those are two different things. But the whole sentiment of waiting and watch happens when there are price inflations happening in the market. And this has been proven in the past also. So, you know, I think this turbulence will be there for another three to six months. But on the other side, when the property prices are going up, there is always a push to take a decision and, uh, you know, do the right things at the right time. Yeah. And that has been again proved by, uh, you know, the launch by the mark two days back, like 400, 450 units getting absorbed with the price they launched. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixed feeling, opinion now. But uh, so far, the situation is so good. Challenges, otherwise, uh, Hamza, what do you think? I think think we're... You know, the, the probably the most obvious one is God forbid there's another variant of Corona. They go back into lockdown again. Oh lockdown. my goodness! Yes. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, about that detail. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to move away from that. Yeah. Now. And I can see things are opening up much better. So I really don't want to think about it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I think uh, we need to keep an eye on interest rates. I mm-hmm. think if if um, the federal bank in the you know in the US decide to hack it up, that will definitely have a direct impact on the UAE as UAE is, uh, is a country that is pegged to the uh, yeah. US dollar. So it will immediately impact our, our rates here and, and that goes not just for, for mortgages, but goes for personal loans and auto loans. And so it has an impact on you know the, on, on our lives here mm-hmm. and, and, and with the cost of living, like we not mentioned, the inflation. You, you really don't want to be out of pocket at the end of the month because if, if, you're, if your mortgage, say for example, it's 5,000 a month, mm-hmm. ends up jumping to 6,200 or 6,500, you're still, you're still, it's going to start slowly pinching to your savings or, you know, and that's, that's an issue that we, we, you know, we've got to be very careful of is, um, this will have direct impact on many things, including retail. So people would now think twice about, Going out to restaurants, going out to uh, you know staycations, for example, or, or just spending uh, spending local. I think that would be the the challenges. And honestly, I don't think it's just a UAE challenge. I think I think it's going to be a global thing. Another thing that we've noticed, I think, recently as well, the, the cost of flights has gone hugely expensive. Utilities, yeah. But that's a positive thing. That means they have to stay here and spend money here. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, so, <laughs> so it's backfiring. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So I think that these are the uh, honestly the um, these are just the major. So I don't I don't foresee anything that's going to be very turbulent for the uh, for the UAE. We need to keep an eye on what's happening internationally, of course, with, with the current situation, Ukraine Russia issue. So I think apart from that, I don't think there's anything mm. further to uh, to worry about on the, on the country like we said. I think we're seeing by definitely developing. We have two days ago we had the record. Sales mm-hmm. uh, that's happened in the history of Dubai. That's was, amazing. Yeah, yeah. one point two billion dirham worth of transactions registered in uh, in in one day. Uh, I think there was almost what some some four hundred and something, almost five hundred transactions that have taken place. So whether the international situation has anything to do with this, I am not sure. But all news 
show that any companies looking to relocate out of Russia, for example, out of Ukraine, the, the first country to stop is Dubai. You know, this is this is great news, uh, of course, for us because that will be a huge amount of wealth coming out to our region. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, the ease of doing business here, which yeah. is yes, no, can't match it. They've, yeah. they've, they've opened it up, yeah, quite well. Um, challenges, I think, I think probably more at city level. I think, I think we're seeing a huge increase in congestion. Definitely, it's, it's yeah. impacting. It's impacting all of us. I don't know whether this sudden move of people and businesses to UAE, whether it's going to create any problems for our infrastructure and transportation. Uh, I feel the metro is already full, and the way it's traveling and the highways, it just feels even more congested than ever before. So, so yeah, this is something to to really worry about. People are getting a lot more frustrated on the roads, and Dubai is all about leading a healthy lifestyle. I don't think that's very healthy. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about Land Sterling's plans? Like, yes. what's uh, what's on the horizon for 2022 for you guys? Okay, so uh, here in the UAE and uh, in the places that you operate. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, one of the countries we spoke about, which is Qatar, we're definitely now finalizing your office there. So we'll, we'll be looking at to uh, to set up uh, there and you know, start, start providing civil services. When are you guys looking at uh, setting up? I think it will be for sure in the next couple of months. Um, I'm trying to. Uh, I will. I will do it after after Ramadan. I don't like to move too much during Ramadan, uh, so it will be after Ramadan. The other interesting country which we have not spoken about today, but uh, country worth keeping an eye on, which is Egypt. We're seeing um, major, major uh, companies and governments as well investing in Egypt, including. One of the large developers here in Abuja, which is Alda, have taken over another large developer in uh, in Egypt, which is Sadek. Sadek, yeah, yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on, because uh, obviously Egypt is a hundred and ten million population, um, and and uh, there's a huge demand for real estate, a huge demand for everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever you build, that data centers, technology. Um, real estate, uh, you know, um, food banks, whatever it's 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 going to be agriculture. So uh, is that something as land sterling that you're we were looking, looking at, at? We were definitely looking at that market. Uh, for us, it's a very interesting market. It's uh, very inviting. So uh, we're exploring the, just what are the regulations there to to set up. Because you know, we have, our, our licenses are quite regulated, so mm-hmm. we need to be careful how how to move around. Having a valuation, having a building surveying license, it's it's. Uh, but I think I think the Ministry of Justice monitors mm-hmm. this kind of license there, which is different to how things are done here. So yeah, we need, we need to be very very careful how we move there. But apart from that, we we are launching new departments, and as of last week, we have launched our brokerage department. So last oh, week, amazing! Yeah, yes. it's going into. Uh, I mean, I mean, when you see news like uh, record sales in one day, you uh, kind of have to launch a brokerage <laughs> we'll start, department. We we'll start to feel left out. Um, you know, we, we I don't need... want to say anything bad about brokers. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not like that. We actually partnered up with uh, with quite a large developer in India, and uh, we sort of set up set up at the back of that. So maybe we're doing it in a bit of a different way than, than the traditional way of doing brokerage. But uh, I don't want to say too much about that now. But you're definitely going to see more of us. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Well, I know you guys have an office in Saudi as well. Yes, we do. I'm we sure do. that you'll be very active this year. It is. It is. It is. So we have actually another MD moving there permanently uh, as of next week. So uh, we're trying to uh, really uh, scale up on the number of staff that we have there because the, it's a big country to cover. So now we've just opened up uh, 
three offices, one in Jeddah and one in Tamam. Mm-hmm. And we have actually placed our staff there. So we need to grow those offices as well. It's just a large country to cover. It's, uh, uh, and, and, and the way the Saudi government is, is developing countries, developing it everywhere, in, including the smaller cities and, yeah. and cities you've never heard of before. But there's a huge demand for local tourism there. A lot. It's a big country with almost four seasons. Yeah. So you can see snow at the, at the top of Saudi Arabia. I read that this and, week. Yeah, <laughs> I was country. quite surprised. It's a yeah. country of four seasons. Yeah, it's a very interesting. It's country. nice to see them maximize though they on will. that. Oh, they will. Oh, they will. They will do it, and they will do it well. All right. Well, any final thoughts? No, of course. Uh, on, on the same thing about Lance Telling's plan in 2022, apart from all this commercial uh, initiatives that we have been taking, I think we have been partly participating on certain inputs, which could uh, probably appraise the market about the latest thing that is happening. So we are taking that as a responsibility in terms of advising the market uh, apart from this regular business activities, trying to engage with the government institution to see if we can advise them on any of the best practices. The strength of land selling is that we have attracted professionals from multiple parts of the globe, but, uh, you know, five to seven years of experience from good institutions, uh, you know, uh, been uh, witnessing some decent practices, which makes the other real estate economies fairly, uh, you know, doing well. So we are trying to collate uh, something together and see if we can really advise uh, the beneficiaries on the principal side of the business to, uh, you know, take advantage of our experience and probably uh, grow this as a country by itself. Uh, apart from that, we have been conscious in terms of recruitment. So the plan in 2022 is to go and uh, spend some time with the universities. Uh, very recently, I've been inducted as uh, one of the members of uh, the Financial Advisory Committee of a very reputed institution here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we will participate in terms of uh, even uh, designing their curriculum. So it's just not about going and taking people from there. You know, we are get- making them ready to be a part of this kind of uh, specific industry uh, from the last semester itself. And then we give a back to the commitment about recruitment. So yeah, we are trying to bring in a, program. Yeah, yeah. So we are trying to bring in a lot of professionalism into the market by way of spending more time apart from these commercial activities. So yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Please let me know how that goes. Sure. We yeah. we try and uh, partner up with a lot of students as well, whether it comes to architecture or because that's the only way is to, sure. to get the students. So, yeah, I'd be very keen to see how that's uh, progressing. Sure. We will keep you posted. This is an initiative for the year. Right now, we have been talking to institutions and they've shown an amazing interest. Some of the guests, uh, you know, a few guest lectures and all of that. But I think going into the stage of curriculum may happen within another two, three months. Hopefully, next time when we meet, we will have an update on that. And that's the end of our show. Thank you so much to Hamza Batrui and Vinod Mahadevan of Land Sterling for joining me. For more information on the latest from the MENA region's real estate sector, visit cityscape-intelligence.com. Until next time, goodbye.